In this week's Planet Korea, a huge event going on in Seoul for anyone who likes to think about cities and the way they work. The Seoul Biennale of Architecture and Urbanism started in September, but it's going on until November 5th in various locations around the city. But the heart of the event is in Dongdaemun Design Plaza. And I got together with our resident urbanist, Colin Marshall, who is the Seoul blogger for the Los Angeles Review of Books and just an all-around kind of city-living expert. You'll see lots and lots of him on the web, and he contributes to a monthly urbanism segment on this program. And we decided to walk around the DDP and discover what we could. Have a listen. Colin, you and I have found this deck perched above all of the exhibits here at the Dongdaemun Design Plaza, where much of the Biennale is headquartered. And there's a lot to see, but there's also a lot of ambient sound. There's no getting away from the sound-rich aspect of this exhibition. Specifically of the City of London's contribution, which has a video going telling you about the glories of their project. As you can see, or as you can not hear, some are quieter. Yeah, so, I mean, there's going to be background noise through this. I hope the listeners can bear with it, but it's a very rich kind of sound experience. This is formally called what? The Seoul... The Seoul Biennale of Architecture and Urbanism with the subtitle Imminent Commons. This is the very first of its kind. It's the first Biennale, so if all goes well, in two years we'll have another. And I hope there is one. Aha, the first one. So it's a... It's a a statement of optimism to say Biennale, that there'll be another one in two years. It is, but I think it's a warranted one because of the explosion of interest in Seoul and cities in general we've been seeing in the past five years or so. In a way, this kind of thing is overdue. Now, imminent comments, even for a native uh, speaker of English, that's a bit of a mouthful. What does imminent comments mean? At least it's distinctive, but yeah, it's, it's hard to parse at first. So there's a couple different interpretations. Number one, uh, the natural world. Water is a commons. Air is a commons. The earth is a commons. How to use those commons is a theme of this show, but also public space. Public space in a city. The city is a commons. It's a commons space for its inhabitants. And anybody who visits uh, uses that public space. All of these projects are public projects, and they use public space, and they tackle the question of how to do that in the 21st century. And where does the word imminent come into all of that? That's a good question, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's as I say, it's high time we ask these questions. It's imminent that we're going to end a new urban reality, all the people moving into cities and reconsidering cities, and like in a city like Seoul, considering it for the first time, in a way, the livability of Seoul, uh, you know, this is, this is an imminent question we'll be dealing with. In imminent commons, to me, it rings out like, hey, the city's resources are going to be a lot more common imminently soon. It's so true. So here's a preview. Why don't we go downstairs and uh, we'll start poking around? Let's do it. Hello, my name is Soik Jung. Uh, I'm the director of the Seoul Biennale Division of, uh, at the Seoul Biennale Seoul Design Foundation. And you're pretty much heading things up here at the uh, Biennale of Urbanism and Architecture. Colin and I are going to do some exploring today. What kind of things 
will we see and what kind of things will we experience here at the Biennale? At the Biennale, we have four main sections. One is the uh, thematic exhibition and the series exhibition we have. And we have also live project. We have also public programs. At the DDP here, you can see the series exhibition. So um, here we have more than 50 exhibitions, more than sh uh, 50 shows. Uh, and then you can see the project, the public project of more than 50 cities of the world. So it's kind of a way of bringing together the best practices and all of the creativity from the world right here in, in one building. Exactly, exactly. Especially every project here is the public project of the cities. That, that means uh, you can see the, the urban philosophy or urban, uh, let's say, goals of each cities of the world. So it's not the private research or private project. It's a public project. That is the one very important meaning of this exhibition. As you say, there are more than 50 cities exhibiting projects here. So people are interested in Seoul now. Even Solites are more interested in Seoul. What is something that a Solite can learn about what Seoul can do differently, or maybe a good example, or just something that you look at among the 50 cities and say, Seoul should have that. Seoul should do something like this. I believe that uh, for Seoul, uh, especially with the current mayor, the Mayor Park, the city hall and the people are really interested in the, the communication and governance issue. So in that term, uh, I'm, I'm very interested in the exhibitions of the Amsterdam, for example. Uh, and you, you will see the, the round table where people can just talk and just to discuss all together. And for the same reason, the Mexico City's exhibition is very interesting and people love that. You, you will see how to do that. Uh, it's a, all, all, also the participatory uh, exhibition. All the exhibitions here, we, we have something that we can learn. And I, I'm sure that every other city do, uh, does the same thing. Well, Director Jong, I realize you have to uh, get moving. I really appreciate you taking some time to speak with us. And Colin and I are going to explore some of the things that you've put together. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks a lot. Colin, as we heard, there are more than 50 cities represented at this exhibition. We're going to bookend our little conversation with two, perhaps the most logical ones, Seoul, our home city here. We'll start with Seoul, and then at the very end, we're going to make a stop in Pyongyang, uh, semi-literally. There is a recreation of a Pyongyang apartment here. But here we are in Seoul, so what? it looks uh, like there are there are some glass sort of three-dimensional depictions of the Seoul city skyline. What are they trying to get across? We can see the altitudes in Seoul. So we can see the towers, we can see the other buildings, we can see the mountains, the things that everybody brings up when you ask what they enjoy about Seoul. And for a long time, I think when people said the mountains, which they so often still do, they meant, I don't really like the built environment in Seoul. I like the natural environment. It's a way of saying like, yeah, I know this is a homely city in some ways. It's not designed for people necessarily, but I like the mountains, I like the nature, I like the environment. Now, you can see these projects highlighted with these little screens, these video screens embedded around the city. 
and you can see them in cross-section, these new urban projects or these revitalizations of old places are all intended to make Seoul a city that you, whose built environment you do like, that you're not forced to sort of admire only the mountains. You can say, I like Solo, where we've done an episode on. I like the new Seun Sangha, a 1960s concrete electronic smart that's remade for the old generation and a new one, or all sorts of things. You've seen, there have been a, there's been a big ad campaign all around Seoul. It's Chal Seng Yota, looking good. It's about how Seoul is now, uh, if, you, if you like what these projects are doing, looking good. I mean, in a way, this entire Biennale is kind of like a coming out party for Seoul among the great world cities. Well put. And they're all here. We're here. Most of them. And we're right here alongside of you. One of the other cities that um, the director mentioned to you, Colin, was Amsterdam. Here we are at the opening to the Amsterdam exhibit in a slightly quieter corner of the room. And there's just a few questions that the placard at the opening poses. Can overall planning, imagination, and community-based design accommodate growth and integrate new systems? Big questions. It is a big question, a series of big questions with meta questions about city planning. Why do we plan? How do we do it? With whom do we plan? And some of the answers are hung up in these strips that reach all the way up to the ceiling and are filled with diagrams about just what kind of urban planning Amsterdam has been doing. You take one glance, you realize this is a city thinking in very concrete terms uh, and not necessarily literal concrete about its future and how exactly, you know, what do we want to achieve as a city? How do we want to achieve it? How much can we nail it down? And that is, this is an exhibit that the director uh, named as a favorite of hers. And you can partially imagine why is just because Seoul for so long planning was not necessarily thought of in the way that city planning is thought of today. Here's an inspiration to think in very concrete ways about what you're planning for and why you're planning in a city. Amsterdam is supposed to be one of the most livable cities in the world and have incredible uh, you know bicycle infrastructure and quality of life and just sort of that whole northern European fantasy land the whole northern kind of European thing. fantasy land package <laughs> and as she mentioned here's this table kind of a round table which symbolizes the uh, community planning process people just simply sitting down and talking to each other it's sort of an artistic conception with various little maxims painted on the table curb your passions <laughs> Colin if anybody needs to be told that it's you curb your passions I do go a bit wild sometimes <laughs> you're right be curious be involved, start small, do not exclude others, share stories, and no PowerPoints. I think that's no a dig at the program, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am very much on the side of no PowerPoints, but here you have one vision of the commons. The commons as a place of discussion to figure out what are we doing with the city, where are we going with it? And in Seoul, that has really only just started, and I always point to the example of bookstores. You go to the bookstore, the section of books on Seoul, there's a lot of them, more than you expect, and they're pretty much all new within the past five years. The conversation about what Seoul has been, what it is, what it should be, is only just beginning, but people are throwing themselves into it, be they urbanists, architects, or just citizens. And I've talked to many of them. Everybody has their own ideas, and many have their own projects about what, where to take Seoul next. You know, we're right next door to the Paris exhibition. I suppose we should probably uh, pop in there, reinventer Paris or Paris. 
What could that reinvent? possibly mean? <laughs> yes. Why does yeah. Paris need to be reinvented? That's the question. I suppose every city is always reinventing itself. A PR friend of mine years ago, you know, when there was a lot of discussion about the uh, slogan for Seoul, what slogan should Korea or Seoul have to attract tourists? It says, you know, he said, just pour the energy into the city. Paris, for example, could have a slogan that said stay away we hate you and people would still come anyway right they would be under they'd, more would come in fact <laughs> yeah. given Paris's reputation that's right have you been to Paris I have not but if I go to Paris the first thing I'd want to see is not necessarily what is old because Paris is thought of as you know it's all old buildings it's all preserved perfectly it's as it was a hundred however many years ago but this is all new stuff if you look at these actual these sheets hanging with pictures of architectural projects rendered or real, mostly they're yet to be built. It's in this, this sense of building new in Paris, that, that is kind of radical in itself by the standards, standards of Paris. It's the opposite of uh, Seoul in many ways. In Seoul, the standard traditional technique for city building is tear it down, build something new. In Paris, it's tear nothing down, build nothing. This is, uh, this is more daring than it might seem, this exhibit, just because it's proposing the new. Yeah, it's it's funny that Seoul and Paris seem to have been historically the uh, exact opposites, at least modern Seoul. You know, people point to Paris as almost a, a theme park. It's so stodgy about maintaining all this high culture and all of this architecture. When you walk around Paris, you're just simply overwhelmed. Every alley, every sidewalk just oozes about half a millennium of culture from every pore. So uh, it's fascinating to think about how to change Paris, how to reinvent Paris. If you dare. If you dare. Not just European cities in here, Colin. They are, there are some cities from the quote-unquote developing world. Here we are in the little exhibit uh, dedicated to Mexico City. Laboratorio para la ciudad. A laboratory for the city. And there's some interactive stuff. One of the more interesting ones is six spools of thread. And each of them represents a continent. You're supposed to choose a piece of string, a long piece of string, there's a scissors, from the continent from which you come, and then how does it work? You have to answer some questions on the wall. You take a string from the continent you're from, so in our case, we live in Korea, but I guess you would, maybe we would take North America. You tie it to a peg, and there's a series of pegs. You have to choose one peg for each column of pegs, if listeners can envision that. You, you tie it to your gender. You tie it to your age, you tie it to the biggest challenge your city faces, the most valuable principle in your culture, be it transparency or prosperity or resilience. I wish my city could be more. You tie it to creative, walkable, legible, accessible. And then finally, how you feel about your city, happy, neutral, sad, upset. So this is targeted toward, this part of Mexico City's exhibition is targeted toward not just Koreans, but visitors from everywhere. And as we can see by the riot of colors here, there have been visitors from everywhere with all kinds of different values, even in these very simple parameters. It's a complete tangle. So you can see people value all kinds of different things, no matter where they're from. Physically making an infographic for what people value in cities. It's hard to overemphasize. I mean, 
anything goes at this Biennale. I mean, one minute you're looking at a very wonky graph about water and rainfalls and uh, numerical data, population density. The next minute you're looking at uh, very vivid photographs of everyday life. And then in the next room with Tijuana, we've got some artistic depictions of sort of a science fiction future for Tijuana. So it is an incredible explosion of idea conveyance along all kinds of different media. It's as if they want to use this exhibit to remind you that the border is not just an idea. It's not just a line. It's a real place, as we can see in the photos, and it is tied in with real things, the real numbers we care about. Colin, I, I feel a bit of a, a frisson here. I feel a bit of a... Uh, a sense of doing something taboo. We are standing on the threshold of what is a recreated Pyongyang apartment. Uh, it looks like a relatively simple place. Ah, we've got a little bit quieter of an atmosphere here too. Very basic furniture, not expensive, uh, simple. There's a simple couch with a lace sort of throwover. I think we should stress that this very simple apartment would be like for the ultra elite in Pyongyang. Elite. I mean, you're elite if you live in Pyongyang anyway. Anyway. This is for the top of that heap. But, I mean, that sort of, that brownish green and that orangish brown, does this take you back to childhood at all, these colors? Absolutely. My, you know, we had a couch almost exactly like this. Uh, it, it calls to mind the 1970s, and I, as a little kid, used to jump on a couch like that. But, um, you know, it's this is sort of the high standard of living that people living in Pyongyang, relatively speaking, would enjoy. What I find very fascinating is that just like any apartment in Pyongyang, there is pride of place for the two framed pictures of Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il. However, in South Korea, here in the capital Seoul, they've made a very important modification. They've basically photoshopped out the images and just left the silhouette of the two. Yes, those faces are not welcome here, but in Pyongyang, you'd have to have them in every room. Mm. So I've read. Maybe not the bathroom. And they have to be polished and dusted. If somebody comes and runs a finger on it and it's not uh, completely dusted and clean and polished, that's actually an offense. You can actually get into trouble for that. Then this is the only glimpse of North Korea uh, some Southerners may ever get. Maybe all Southerners right now may ever get. But if you look behind you, many of the frame pictures are just normal scenes from the streets of Pyongyang, the kind which a, a North Korean could see out the window of their apartment. And if you yeah. look through the window, yeah. there's a, no, it's not a real window, of course, but look through the kitchen, there is a terrace built out there with the view of the Ryugyong, as you would see it if you lived in a tower. Again, this is an elite type apartment, but if yeah. you lived in a tower high enough, you'd get that Ryugyong view out to the to the left out yes, through that veranda. A beautiful cityscape, actually. I mean, if you've got a view like this and a balcony or a terrace like this in Pyongyang, somebody likes you. Someone somebody likes you. on the top level of society likes you. And if you have a well-stocked uh, cabinet or shelf with these products that they actually use there, mm. here we have them uh, to, to at least see and to, to wonder what they're like and how they differ from the equivalents we use here in the South. And as we wrap up and we're walking out of uh, the Dongdae Moon Design Plaza exhibition, we've got this graphic. It features uh, two sort of saucer plate representations of the Earth's surface 
with all of the cities kind of uh, denoted with circles. The bigger the circle, the bigger the urban concentration. And the map doesn't just show cities, but it shows the growth of cities. Each circle is actually colored yellow, green, and another green. Uh -huh. And these colors show you, the width of the band of colors shows you how fast the cities have grown. The inner circle is 1950, the middle circle is 1990, and then it projects to 2025. So this is actually a map showing you the future and the past in a way, showing you how cities have grown, how they're going to grow. The greener the circle, the more population you've had there for a long time. So as you might yes. imagine, New York City is a big, fat, green circle. So is London, so is Tokyo. And then you've got cities like Delhi. It's almost a, a green pinpoint in the center of a big yellow bullseye. By 2025, Delhi, Mumbai... Taka in uh, Bangladesh nearby, Manila in the Philippines, they're all expected, according to this map, to just explode. Kinshasa in Africa. Yes, this map of the urban ages, it takes a second to process what you're looking at, but when you do, it's actually a very effective means of information design because, as you say, we look at certain established cities, they're green, we look at Africa, we look at uh, the subcontinent, the Indian subcontinent. We look at much of East Asia, although Seoul and Tokyo are exceptions. They are more established cities with less prospects for growth than some. But look at China. I mean, you're seeing much more yellow than green, similar as you are in Africa, as I say. What really leaps out uh, at me about Seoul is that it's one of the only cities, with the possible exception of, say, London, that has no yellow perimeter whatsoever. In other words, no growth expected by 2025. And that's kind of one of the overarching ideas here in uh, the Biennale is if, you have, if your population is here, you're established, you're not going to get that much bigger. What can you do to make the city more accommodating, to make it better? That is the looming question. Colin, urbanists like you are going to help us figure it out over the years to come. Thanks for coming out. I'll see you again soon. Thank you.